0: You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry. I've a very different type of show for you this week. This is an interview that I've wanted to do with a very long time and I think it'll benefit everyone as listeners. Michael Horgan is a best friend and a cousin of mine. But if you ask anyone who knows us, they'll say Michael is like a brother from another mother. And if you see one of us, the other isn't too far behind. He has been by my side when I was on my feet, on a ventilator, and he is still there today, when I am in a wheelchair. Like he says, I am still the same stubborn Ian. We have known each other for as long as I can remember in play school. Michael was with me the day that my life changed forever. He was the one that rang the ambulance when I fell. You could say he saved my life. Hopefully this interview will give you a message about how life can change in the blink of an eye. The importance of having great people in your life and what friendship really means. Like I say, I didn't lose any friends after my accident. I just found out who the real ones are. Michael goes above and beyond to make sure I'm okay and I'm doing everything they used to do. Just like we did before my accident. Like I call him, he's my hands and legs. Sit back, throw the feet up and enjoy the show. Right Michael. Thanks a for coming in today, how are you keeping? I'm not too bad at all, how are you? Alright, tip you away, bye. Tell me a bit about yourself for the for the listeners. So, my own name is Michael Horgan. I suppose we've been friends now for... Too long. Too long, yeah. We, um, suppose we met. so it inside in play school up in, um...
1: Up in Nianra.
0: Nianra, I remember we were we were crossing the road when we found out we were Faro Cousins. We, um, I'd,
1: I'd rather not put that out there the air now, Ian. I suppose we'll keep that one quite though. Yeah, don't be saying that to people.
0: How did you um? How did you get on during COVID now and how did it affect you? Were you keeping well through it?
1: Yeah, I, like everyone else, I was locked down for the first one for a few weeks or however long that was. And then the rest of my working from back in the Clarny Brewery being built in Fossa. So I suppose I found it easy enough when I was working. It was grand it um, was so something to be at, you know.
0: Yeah, true. I know you're, yourself, you were brought up in a farm and a, a working man, you could say. Were you um were you always interested in kind of carpentry and building and stuff growing up, or was it something that came later to you?
1: Uh, I suppose in transition year from the same, we were doing work experience, and I suppose we just had to go somewhere, and I said, sure I might as well chance. Um, I did work experience with a building company in Clarny and I worked with them then for two summers and then I went out to Clarny Brewery
0: where um, the brewery's nearly done is it? Um, it's making
1: progress yeah they're hoping to be St. Patrick's Day around that
0: our own our own Brendan Fuller was doing a bit of a a series out there I Was uh, I see on I, Facebook
1: I, I escaped a few interviews with him
0: what are you at now work wise are you you're for I, l- listeners I,
1: I started an apprenticeship, an electrical apprenticeship with DSP, and I'm based in Clarny at the moment.
0: Did um, something? Are happy with that?
1: Yeah, I'm very happy so far. Can't complain. No.
0: Can't complain. Um, I suppose we were um, as we said, we were friends growing up and stuff. We were, we played a lot uh, a lot of sports together.
1: We started what? playing football at spa together, and then we joined hurling with Crocs. So it was football spa sport and hurling with Croaks Even though we got enough slagging for it. Bit of a, tra-
0: a traitor. We um, I suppose growing up, like you said, we were always hurling and stuff. The 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 one memory I have of hurling, and we speak we speak about it all the time is the 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 red card I got yeah. that shouldn't have been a red card in my own eyes. Mm-hmm. um we We're both fond of an all an all hardy tackle. Are you are you still playing?
1: Yeah, are um, Grand Senior. now, this year this will be their second year senior. So the standard is going up a bit. we would hope yeah.
0: Talk to me about the the win there a few last uh, year.
1: We won the intermediate final against Triple Parnells. Just the first time. I can't remember in how many years now. But it was a good while. So that's, so Kerry team won the intermediate, and then we, we had the option to go up senior to stay intermediate. So we we said we'd go up. There's no point staying at the
0: same level. Exactly. I was at that game myself, and Don mm-hmm. Lennon. That stuck stuck with Jay In fairness, he yeah. he he brought the team over to me after because I would have been I would have been playing with you if yeah. if these two legs started moving for me. But unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Um, hurling and carry. Do you think it's on on a, on the way up? I know it's not as popular as football now, and some people trying to bring it up and
1: I suppose it's on the way up in some senses but it's different age groups or some are so much stronger than others so it's a bit of a battle to be trying to get numbers all the time yeah
0: that was always the case growing up even when I when I yeah. was playing I remember we started playing with the school and every time dick and Harry gave it a go it's a half a must to get out of an all and all match last but I remember we we played one or two games up in croaks against a team in Kilmere, wasn't
1: it? Yeah. yeah, I think I'd say we only had one or two games.
0: Would football or hurling be your, your favourite, now, strongest? Um,
1: I don't know. They both go hand in hand. They both help each other skills-wise. So exactly. They, they're both equal, I'd say.
0: The main reason I, I wanted to interview you today was, I suppose, for listeners that that know of me and a lot of them know about my accident and stuff. I, I suppose it's a conversation that... That we have under the, the odd time and stuff, and it's good to it's good to bring it up and spread awareness about you know how life can change and stuff. We'll we'll give the listeners an all account of what the day was like when I when I when I came up to your house and we we were playing football and stuff and one thing led to another. What was your what was from your own eyes from your perspective that day? How did it go from when I went up to your house?
1: I suppose I started out like any other day, but um. We were just looking to kill time and gave you a ring to come up and you were slow enough to come up I not know, you were playing some game or something, you know, PS4 or something I was actually
0: getting a new one for my, my birthday, it was some driving game and I remember when I when, when he asked me to go up I, I said no I won't I'm I'm helping the mother with the dinner and was, stuff and
1: too, too, couldn't bear cycling up
0: no, too lazy And so
1: anyway he said he'd come up the, anyway then and um said he'd cycle away up it was only I'd say about a year after I found out that you actually got dropped up We got, you got out at the end of the road so that we wouldn't see you getting dropped up because so you would only get his slagging for it
0: I'd be still getting his slagging to this day
1: um, I suppose we kicked our football around her, up in my house for a while and we said we go for a cycle then like. we went to Muckers a good bit and we headed for National Park down there by Fliss Valley rowing club and um,
0: they're actually trained that day, weren't yeah,
1: they were not yeah and just went down that gap in the gates um, at the front gate of Muckras and hit a log down at the bottom of that hill I said I remember going down to and um, we just said come on and I said I can't I can't I can't move you being you, we were just like, would you, would you get up? You know, let's go.
0: So we were constantly falling off our yeah. bikes, trying getting back yeah. up.
1: And I wasn't going to take you seriously anyway. But then you said it the second time when you said, um, "No, I, I'm being serious. I can't move."
0: I then, said I was then, paralyzed, didn't I?
1: Yeah. Then, then I knew. I don't know why. I kind of believed you because I always assumed you were messing about stuff. And but I just kind of knew then by the way you you said it. You were being serious. And
0: so at the start, like I. I think I nearly even convinced myself that I wasn't telling you the truth, you know, because yeah. I remember hitting the log, like, and I went, what, six, seven feet over the guys? Yeah. And I remember just landing and hearing the the crack the crack in my neck, and I knew yeah. thing, things were, were more serious than I thought, and I thought that it might have been just, say, a, a trapped nerve or something, you know, something that uh, yeah. I hoped it was, and I remember my body just going completely lifeless, and...
1: I don't think any of us thought it was going to be as serious a, as serious as it was. We knew it wasn't nothing when you said, "I can't move," and you asked, "You asked where are my hands and what you?" I think you said to me, "Is my arm? Are my arms under me?"
0: Yeah, it you, felt like that. They were I don't know. You, but when I was talking to someone in the hospital, I don't know. I've told you before. My hands. It felt like that. Like my my hands were squeezing. Or, or that I was holding on to something and the nurses told me that that feeling is that was the last position that my body was in before I broke my neck
1: so you were holding on to the handlebars holding on
0: to the handlebars of my hand because I, I was talking to the nurses and she said there was a a jockey I forget what his name was popular jockey anyway. I actually met him down in the in the race course a few years ago but when he was in the bed in hospital, he constantly thought that his legs were bent because the last position he was in was... Up in the horse, Up yeah. in the horse and in that position. And um, it's crazy the other way your body... Because I was convinced like, that I was moving my legs and my hands inside in the bed. Yeah. And um, But that was the last position that I I was in. And um, going back to the to the accident... When I asked one of the lads to ring the ambulance like you, they kind of, they were, I think nobody believed me at the start because yeah that was just me. And I, I remember I looked at you and you looked at me. I think we knew each other so well that you knew that.
1: You were being serious. Yeah. Yeah. After you said it the second time, I was like, yeah, he's being serious. So I rang the ambulance then and they were great. They told us what to do and. Probably more importantly, they told us what not to do, yeah. because if we moved you or if anything happened when we were moving you, it
0: could have been lights out.
1: Yeah, it could have been. They
0: said because I broke my c three, four, five, and 6 vertebrae in my neck, and they say a little rhyme is your spinal cord, it's C3, 4 and 5, keep the diaphragm alive, so that means I had broken C3, 4 and 5 and that controls your breathing and they said if somebody had moved me it would have damaged my c2 vertebrae and that would have cut out my breathing straight away so like it was like you said they told us what to do and what not to do more importantly and they said that was that was vital didn't they yeah um i suppose when the ambulance came the the gates were locked weren't they so it was, what time was it? It was in the evening.
1: So I suppose it was around 6 o'clock-ish. It was still bright, but um, I remember one of us went up to the road to show the ambulance where to go, but the barrier was locked. So they had to go down around and in at the back entrance to Muckers Farms across the way from Mali um, Darcy's, and they had to come up that way. That was the intermediate care that came first and
0: a a, a a second
1: a second ambulance came I think that was from Tralee I don't think it was from the Clarny area
0: So they were fighting over me yeah down Um, onto the piece I always say when I'm talking about the the paramedics and I suppose now that I have the chance I want to say a big up to to Simon and um, Neil the two ambulance because they were two gents like and I've I've met them Two or three times since my accident, they actually called there after the last lockdown, two lockdowns ago, um, which seems like 10 years ago, but they called and had a cup of tea and stuff. And I
1: thought you'd never forgive them for cutting off your new pink Calvin Klein. My
0: Calvin Klein I was two days after my birthday. Whatever about breaking my neck I, I always say messing as a scissor straight through my, my Calvin Klein's and my new hoodie, so I always say I always say that was one of the worst things that happened throughout the whole accident. Mm-hmm. Um when they when they came down I always say that it was kind of like something from a movie when they came down and they kneeled down beside me in their bright yellow jackets and stuff and the time the minute that I knew something was seriously wrong was when they were touching me and they touched my legs. Ian, can you feel this? No. Ian, can you feel this? No. Ian, can you feel this? No. Continuously, like I, I couldn't feel absolutely anything. And when I knew that something was wrong was when I seen the two paramedics. And they both looked at each other and one of them just kind of nodded. And then I said, All right, they know something seriously wrong here. We are going to go for a quick break. We'll be back after these. You are very welcome back to the show. I'm here today with Michael Horgan. If you are just joining us, the full interview will be on the Radio Kerry website in the podcast section after the show. If you have any requests or questions, you can get in contact with me directly through my email, ioconnell at um, What was the next step after they stabilising me and putting me on a on a spinal board and stuff?
1: Um, I think that a few of us lift up the, the spinal board with them uh, up the hill and into the ambulance then and while we were waiting for the ambulance your parents your parents were called and i don't know where they are, but they weren't long coming anyway yeah and um they were there then when they were i'd say they came just before the ambulance and yeah you went into the ambulance and over to tralee
0: i remember arguing with one of the the drivers because they wouldn't let you yeah i remember
1: i was trying i was trying to go with you and um they wouldn't let me anyway and who straight into intensive care wasn't it then? yeah
0: straight into the the triage where I suppose that's where the 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 boys and the people that that are in a serious condition go it's not even into i c u it's it's another area to the right when you go into the where the ambulance goes into the hospital you go left into i c u or you go right into the the places where where I suppose people are on the, on the ropes and that's that's the reality. I remember when the remember when the the ambulance drivers were down at me, um, tell the listeners what I. Oh. After I I had one or two... two, two too many um, too many bits of medication that made me a bit happier than I should be.
1: i uh, will give you oh when um, they were just going to ask you questions. I I presume it's a procedure, and they said, "Have you any drink or drugs taken?" And all you said back to them was, "No, but stay away from their bed for." You.
0: Stay away from up <laughs> um. I'll never forget actually going, going back to to tree in the ambulance, because you know the way you always see always see um ambulances on the road with the blue lights racing. Yeah. But you never think that you'd you'd actually be in the back of one.
1: Did did your did your left lung collapse on the yeah, way back?
0: Yeah. my left, my left lung collapsed, but obviously they've cleared up now. And my my IQ levels and knowledge
1: they were never higher.
0: They were never higher. They were, never they, were high. Never I. <laughs> they were never do I They were never too high. Don't mind higher. They were never high at the, in the first place. Um, back to ICU, and I was there for ten days. And I remember I was supposed to be going out to Spain the day after my accident yeah. to 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 Miguel, my my Spanish student from. Um, he was in the south of Spain, Cartagena, I think. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to be going out there the day after my accident, but. I always say to this day, I think that my accident happened for a reason because I think that something worse was going to happen over in Spain.
1: If you're meant to burn, you want drowned. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, was, your, it that, was made out to be.
0: That's true. Um, I'm a big believer in a way that everything happens for a reason. I know, I know some people aren't like that, but I think that something was going to happen over there, and that's why I had my accident the day before. Um, I remember I was in ICU like I said for ten days, and I I actually booked my I booked my holiday to come back a day earlier because Conor McGregor was fighting Floyd Mayweather, and I wanted to be at home to watch that. Little did I know that I'd be watching it inside an ICU with tubes in every part of my body. And I remember the the morning after, the morning after his fight when I was going watching it back a nurse came in and she goes McGregor had a great win last night and I I kept my mouth up because if I said what I wanted to say um, I'd say things could have went downhill very easily I, I wasn't a, a happy camper
1: then we we'll just have stopped treating you <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> when I was in ICU like we said there um, you came to see me was it the day after my accident or was it a few days I'd later? say it was
1: two days after and because I think you were going for MRIs and X rays and all that for the first day. The NCT. Yeah, you had you hadn't you hadn't time for any visitors. No. Yeah, the, f- the first day was. I think you were in intensive care. You are, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember I met your father at the door, and my father was with me, and. Um,
0: A bad combination. Yeah,
1: and I think we just walked away up, and when I went in, you had the neck brace on, and. You
0: tubes drips. and wires, yeah,
1: and she's cra- You were well hooked up anyway, <laughs> and I tell you, I'm painkillers as well at times because you kind of fall asleep, If you could fall asleep talking to me anyway. I
0: fall asleep <laughs> anyway.
1: Um But yeah, I suppose t was. T- there was only about five or six beds in that that unit, but that there was is. a lot of doctors. Yeah, uh, that I suppose I kind of knew it was serious then as well when there was a lot of people.
0: When I knew it was serious, and I see it was when i used to have to go on my side because they're afraid if i was on my back for too long you get bed sores or your skin would break down from because obviously i wasn't moving and when i knew it was bad was when it took eight people to turn me onto my side yeah and for a few hours then when i went on to my other side it took eight people there was two people holding my neck there was one holding my leg the other leg My chest and everything, they just had to be so careful because any millimetre move, it could have been lights out. And this was before my operation and stuff. I suppose moving on to my operation, I was when I was in on the 10th day, I was put into uh, a medically induced coma. That's called, and they said, We're going to fly you to Dublin to the matter. And I I was happy out going for my spin in the helicopter. But then they changed and they said that they had to bring me by ambulance because they were afraid with the helicopter with the pressure and like we said I had to collapse lung at that time. They said my breathing wouldn't have been strong enough. Um so I was put into the medically induced coma and the uh, feeling it was a Sunday and the next thing I knew I was waking up in I see you when in, in the matter hospital was and I was after having my operation I got the Three screws and the plate. Three screws in the plate, yeah. Bit of a, a Woody's or Halford's job. um and I remember waking up there and it was it was at the start I obviously didn't know where I was because thought you were in Tralee when you went to sleep and then when you woke up you were in Dublin with more neck braces and everything on to you.
1: After the operation and all, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um during that time I suppose the the support at home for me was unbelievable like my family and friends were they were obviously all rallying together they fundraisers here and there there was fundraisers from clubs up the country and Cork and stuff and yeah P
1: the Saint Brendan's
0: yeah they done a massive one talk yeah. to me a bit about that
1: um I remember on Christmas time they did a Christmas market raised money they made bend kind of like wrist bends and they were the blue ones yeah. Aren't they? What did they, they say? United Free. United Free, yeah. And there was Christmas decorations made in the woodwork Room and the Art Room and they were all sold to... I think it was at a Christmas concert after the Christmas concert and down the same. And all the money went to you.
0: Um, like we said, even the GA. Like the GA, there's rivalry on the pitch. Every club and Clarny
1: came together then. And it's mad, isn't rest, it? Yeah.
0: It's like a little family... We're, when something bad happens they all come together yeah I suppose talking of the of the fundraising and stuff the our our own club Spa G they done a kind of a a lotto for to raise money didn't yeah. they
1: yeah
0: at the um, at the time my my dad and your dad were, were heavily stuck into it and like yeah, it was
1: like the national lotto went
0: there. to us they were happy out but um they were so good in spotting me and they still are to this day even though I'm not playing, you know they have me on the pitch over at the dugout. They're, yeah. They always include me and in stuff at the at the place and stuff. Um,
1: and we all did um, a group for some school. The during carry then? What year was that? Was that?
0: Twenty eighteen. That was the day uh, the week I came. I came home for Paddy's day. It Was my very first time coming home. Yeah. In nine months, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And then when I came home for good, you done the during a carry yeah tell me a bit about that
1: Um i tell you, that was didn't know what we were signing up for 180 kilometers of pain <laughs> torture
0: um, <laughs> for no. this fella that's sitting <laughs> in the wheelchair not doing nothing
1: <laughs> it's alright you were smiling as as we all came over the line shouty orders yeah Um we all we I'd say there was about 20 of us maybe mm. or so did it from school and just people not from school as well just a group of us did it and obviously there was other people from ring Kerry who did it for you but um I'd say there was one or two fellas didn't do much training, and they they still everyone got around during. But um, yeah, it was it was a great day in Paris. We met you back then and in, inside in town. The finish the, line. the
0: finish line. Um, going back to where we were there in ICU. When I was in ICU in Dublin and things were bad from your own perspective. Were you? How did you cope after the accident? Were you worried or?
1: Yeah. Oh, I suppose. You, I was always really worried because you don't know what's down the track like with the jaw like the way your lung just kind of could collapse you wouldn't know what could yeah. happen tomorrow but um sure you were always too stubborn to give in anyway like it's it always because, <laughs> and I'm
0: still like that you are no oh, change
1: um well, not seriousness you you were you, like obviously you weren't happy in hospital but like you were never
0: never really complained
1: you never said I hate it here as in like that it's a bad place to be it was just the situation wasn't ideal, maybe, yeah. but the people there, you always said, were Unreal. the best you could ever ask for.
0: And you even seen that after two months in ICU there, I, I got impor- imported, <laughs> there something in Brexit, I got transferred up to the spinal unit. Um, you came, can you can you remember the first time that you came to visit me in the... Dunleary. The knowing the matter, I remember upstairs. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll never matter. forget it, I... I when I when I heard your voice coming, I nearly started crying with the excitement because I hadn't seen you when
1: sports. I said that was the long That was probably the longest spell in since play school probably because yeah. we hadn't seen each other.
0: Because anyone who knows us, if you if you see one of us, the we're, other isn't too far we're behind. Tied
1: to him. Yeah. Um. I remember going up to the matter. Um. Did I don't know? Did you know I was coming? I I can't remember.
0: I don't think I did. It was a bit of a surprise, was that?
1: Yeah. I didn't bother telling you in case you said no
0: said no go away i'm having a great time up here on my holidays um
1: yeah i were you using your phone at that stage
0: no it's mad because i didn't start using my phone until i was in dunleary in the rehab i yeah. was and that was five months post accident i was i was yeah. getting people to use the phone for me yeah which is i got a, a mouth sick it's it's a thing it goes into my mouth and it has a little stylus at the end, you see me Yeah, it's a gift. Motoring away with it, but she my occupational therapist in in Dunley, I remember I I was saying I'll never in my life fail to use my phone again and she came down to me one uh, one night with this this um this mouth stick and it was at the time it was the best thing that ever happened to me.
1: I suppose that made it some bit easier? Massively, yeah. Because you if you didn't feel so Away from the lads and
0: yeah. away from I was able to keep in home. contact. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'll be back straight after these. You're very welcome back to the show. If you have any requests or questions, you can get in contact with me directly through my email, ioconnell at I was in Dunleary then for five months. Yeah. I um, I was brought up, which was basically kind of intense rehabilitation and intense physio and going to the therapy pool and just getting my body right again because when I went in I had all I could move was my eyes because after the matter I like I had lost two and a half stone in the in the matter which was not a bit healthy like I was getting fed through an NG tube in my nose what was you when you came up and you Seeing me transfer from having absolutely no movement to today, like able to lift my hand here, was that did that kind of give you a bit of excitement when you seen that? I
1: suppose when I went up to Dunleary you you didn't really have any movement, really. Well, maybe your shoulders a tiny bit. So a tiny. No, not, not as no your shoulders. I suppose you lift them up. No, no about it. Like
0: you could throw me into a rugby scrum.
1: Yeah. Um And up in Dunleary you kind of see all sorts of injuries and as you said like you I see things I up, was you bad. Th- you things you see things up there just open your eyes and say yeah. like that there's does different accidents that could have been a lot worse like yeah I remember I walk, I, d- I hadn't seen you I was walking the front door and someone like walked down past me with like st- I think they had two stilts in their leg because two legs had to be amputated and and walked down past me said oh, how's it going and he happy like to yeah. you know just, just crazy to see the different yeah, like Severities I, of the accidents
0: I thought I was bad after my accident But it's, it's only when you go to Dunleary Like you said It opened not only my eyes But I, I'm sure it opened your eyes as well Like
1: you go home appreciating everything you have
0: Yeah Like everybody always says to me How are you so strong And how are you always positive And I always say the same thing As I didn't know how strong I was Till till my only option was to was to be strong But um like you said, it it opened your eyes. Do you, do you view life in a totally different perspective after since my accident?
1: You would, yeah. You'd you'd see what what you have could be taken away from you so quickly, and you just said, "Might as well use this now." Seeing as I I have what a lot of people don't have,
0: like I'm a a man paralyzed from the shoulders down with no movement in my legs and small bit of movement in my hands, and I'm. I'm just as happy as any, yeah. any other abled able fellow walking down around the
1: So you always said yourself, if it wasn't for your accent, there's a good chance you wouldn't be inside here doing this interview with me now. Not the a radio open never probably would have been your thing.
0: Not a hope in hell and you probably know that yourself. Yeah. Like I know I can talk, but I have uh, if you'd asked me to go into radio before my accent, like not a yeah. not a not a hope in the world, I, I wouldn't I suppose it was on the late late show at Ryan Tuberty that Seeing kind of behind the scenes and stuff in the in the studio. It was then that I kind of got a liking for it. And we... Was it fifth year we kind of had to go on work experience? Yeah. For LCVP and I went to Radio Kerry. Fiona Stack and all the crew and three. They welcomed me with open arms. And after the work experience, they thought to get rid of me. But... They're still stuck with that. I'm back like a, a, a bad smell. Do you know... Since where, where I had my accident and you've obviously been out cycling since that and when you passed the place where I had my accident, looking down, what comes into your head?
1: That day I suppose you just remember everything that happened that day and go off to the ambulance where the ambulance was parked. You just remember.
0: It all comes back. Yeah. Um, Have you been down there since? I haven't, and I remember last last year, I had planned on going down. Yeah, you said that But then COVID kind of hit, and I was kind of staying inside as much as I could. But um, this year, I'm 100% going to go down. Yeah. I don't know, everyone always asks me, why Why would you want to go down and see where, where your whole life changed? But I don't look at it like where my life changed. I look at it where...
1: It took a, a turn.
0: It took a turn, and my other life started. Yeah. And I... I know as weird as it sounds, but I'm... I'm grateful... Not grateful for my injury, but grateful for the way that I... I've coped with it and stuff. Like, I've... I've got opportunities that I... I'd never in my life have... have got. Like, I... I'm able to work in radio. I've travelled to countries that I... I haven't been to before. I've met people, celebrities that I've only... Dreamed meeting and I think that it, it's definitely made me a better person I've I've achieved more since my accident than I would have in my whole life beforehand
1: and this is the technology for wheelchair users and people with injuries massive
0: it's, it's huge like it's, it's so every, every day you probably go out
1: for out for a spin and in the wheelchair do you drive yourself every
0: day I go like when I came home from hospital once my power chair it has the two things on my head to steer it and i didn't use my bar chair for about two years because i was so self-conscious of the head things that they looked i was afraid people would be looking at them but then i always think back to 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 you you even said to me like do you know that i should be using it and my parents were and everyone.
1: I shouldn't have said nothing. No, you were all... You, you had the footplate half my ankles. Uh, uh, no,
0: how many times? <laughs> if, if
1: and it was... It was an accident. So oh, oh, I don't a, Oh, yeah.
0: And uh, I can't run away from you. <laughs> um, like, I go out for about 10 kilometres every day myself, yeah. which... Which I throw in the headphones and, like, before I start using them, I'd be waiting for someone to push me. Whereas now I get out for fresh air and meet people and away myself and it's just that bit of independence that
1: even for going even when you're at home if say if you're up in the kitchen you want to go down to your own living room and watch tv or whatever you can just hit away you don't have to wait for anyone
0: yeah no and that's the and plus assistive technology and technology in general for people with spinal cord injuries is improving every single day yeah like it's um and even a cure for paralysis. I know I know some people say we're a good bit off and some people say we're nearly there, but I'm I'm hopeful and ninety percent sure that there will be It's some, making headway. Yeah, I think there will be a breakthrough if not in my lifetime in a few years. But I think there will be a breakthrough in my in my own lifetime and I'm I'm in physio twice a week in Cork and I'm working my way up to go on to an ex-co-skeleton it's called I've showed you them and stuff. It's Yeah,
1: it's just like it's like a robot that walks for you, kind of it goes on around you.
0: Basically, and for the listeners like it's it's something like you said that goes on around you, it kinda goes down my legs and around my upper body and it literally just walks for you. You're just holding on a little frame in front to keep your your balance and I'm I'm working my way towards that and I'm hoping that I'll be able to, to use it in the near future. Yeah.
1: Were you nervous going back to school, do you think?
0: Um, I suppose, I, a small, I, not nervous, but I was just aware, do you know, that it was going to be obviously a huge difference. And, and, um.
1: Same, is never taught they'd be getting elevators.
0: No. And, like, once again, Sean Coffey, the principal below, like, I can't thank that man enough for everything he'd done for me. And I know before my accident, we had, we probably had a few, um, a few run-ins about no tire, a school jacket or I'd say he had half my wardrobe in In, in, in not wearing my school jacket he could sell them off in, the, in a, an all raffle or a, a fun day for the school but um, what that man done for me is unbelievable he he kind of he adapted my needs for what needed to be done he moved if I had a class upstairs in a building that I couldn't get up to he'd move it downstairs for me and he He's Everything
1: been, was made accessible. And nothing was a problem.
0: No, that's basically it. And I, I'm still in contact with Sean to this day, and and like he's been there for me since my accident, and I, I know he'll always be there for, for anything I need in the future. Um, I went back in fifth year to school, and my accident happened when I was supposed to be going to Ty, and it was, it worked out good because you and all the lads, my friends that were going into TY while I was in hospital which did, meant we didn't were all miss, you
1: I, came back into the same year
0: I left with the lads like I I was back in fifth year with all of you again do you know yeah and um and I I, 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 well, I never thought that I'd I'd um, ever say that I I was looking forward to going back to school because You'd missed
1: the routine and uh, yeah the I was socializing. just socialising
0: I was just thankful that I was I, able to go back in yeah I didn't have a brain injury or i knew that i was in good mind that i could go back in and i had full-on intentions when i go back fifth year sixth year gonna study my backside off become a lawyer a doctor brain surgeon but i uh, school was never for me though like i not, yeah. not the side of i loved going and meeting friends and stuff but i hated the, the academic side the academic side i think school is either side either for you or it's not, and i think
1: it's not the be all in the yeah when did you realize that this accident wasn't going to define you and wasn't going to stop you from life?
0: Um, I think what when it was was when my physio in the in the matter when she came up to me and she she said, "Okay, and we're going to fit you for a wheelchair today. We're going to take measurements." And I kind of looked at her and I was, I I just looked at her blankly. I didn't I didn't know what she was on about because I. I had myself convinced that I'd be grand again in a few days and um but of course that wasn't the case and where
1: was that the matter?
0: In the matter, yeah. And I got my wheelchair and the one one memory that stands out to me when I when I say that how I got over it was and I spoke about it a lot online and stuff is I had a picture of me playing football up on my wall beside my bed in the matter and every time I look at it after my accident I'd start I'd start crying or I'd get very upset. Because obviously you say, I, I'm not going to play football again.
1: What, you thought that was a million miles away?
0: Yeah. You never know that I'm kicking points for spa again. Um, but I didn't say anything to the nurse. And then it, it kind of got to a stage that I was getting so upset looking at all the time, I said it to her. And she was like, that's okay. And like that's natural. She said, I can, I'll take it down. And I, I, um, I said, no, leave it up there. And she was like... But if you're getting upset, why would you leave it up there? And I said, I think that's going to be the best way that I'm going to come to terms with that I'm not going to play again. And it was then that's how I got over my my um, my tough time knowing. And it was then I I said this isn't going to define me. I'm I might be in a wheelchair, but I I still have all the memories I have playing football and and sports and stuff. So I said I can either curl up in a ball now and you know, not enjoy life or I can go out and use my story to, to help others and raise awareness and stuff for for spinal cord injuries and stuff. We will go for a quick ad break and we'll be right back after these. You're very welcome back to the show. If you have any requests or questions, you can get in contact with me directly through my email, ioconnell at radiocarry.ie um, I just always wonder after game
1: like do you, remember, do you remember like so when you came home you was go to whatever games we hit on and I always just think geez, that must be very hard like and, yeah. you you give me a call after I you call up to my house or I call down to yours or whatever we'd be talking after game and you'd say jeez that was a great game or sometimes you might say that was a catastrophic game what we had out there and um, I always thought that was probably did you find that
0: I'm like the right king of football give you a straight answer <laughs> yeah um, I think that helped dodge another you know, way going to matches as well. Like yeah. you said, the more matches I went to, the more comfortable I got sitting on the on the sideline. And like you said, we'd always have a chat after and before a game and stuff. Mm-hmm. And all the the lads were included me and everything as well, which made me feel more at home and didn't make me feel like I I'm so far away. I remember the first match I went to when after my accident the was it was it you or someone, they asked me to go up for the kind toss for the match. Oh, that was open spot, was it? Open spot. Yeah. They asked me when the ref called the two captains, they asked me to go up and I I I'd say I left more marks on the on the on the football pitch than than in the rally car but um no I think that's how I came to to terms with it and I think that's what helped me.
1: Yeah. Cycling was always kind of our summer hobbies we um couldn't finish up even in primary school kind of 15th class or whatever we'd always spend a good i we'd have no lifts in and out our parents would be working so we'd we'd cycle to each other's houses most days probably and or get dropped up like some people
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so we
1: could we could there was probably some weeks we we could spend three or four days straight at each other's house we wouldn't go home at all um but cycling was always something to be at really it wasn't a way of getting around we, we always went down to cycle down to Dundag or cycle down to Muckers house for Yeah. I so, remember the
0: day we went up to We intentions of going up to walk up the Gap and we got to Ladies View
1: we went in for a cup of tea and a slice of cake we, we headed for home after I that headed for
0: home and, and I didn't want to let on but my legs were goosed at that time I was it's happy out out. <laughs> uh, but no cycling was always until we were we are passionate about it and We loved going off doing it.
1: A bit of crack. National park, sure, it's a gift.
0: Unreal. I don't think we, we realise how lucky we are in Killarney. Then, you know, when tourists come and day, they, they're like, wow. And it's just like our backyard does, you know. And it's the same if we go to a country and we're like, wow, it's something. And it's natural for them. But um
1: it's all we're used to.
0: Yeah, No, we're blessed to have it in Killarney as well. What um what would you what are your plans for the for the future, Mike? I know you're with the the ESP now and stuff, have you have you any goals that?
1: I haven't talked too much about it really, but I suppose the first plans get qualified in electric, electrical qualification and I'll have to see where things take me after that then.
0: Did you um did you always know you wanted to go into an electrician with ESP or was it something that kind of came about?
1: I suppose I didn't really, it was just I was always working in kind of construction jobs like that because it was always a few pounds to have when I was younger and stuff really and it was actually my mother said to me about the ESB applications were up and I'd say she was the one that kind of encouraged me to go for that and to apply for it and I said, i apply for it now, keep her quiet, you know? So I'd say I didn't, when I was applying for it I didn't actually think that you I'd be going going down that route and one thing led to another from working in the brewery in Fossa being built and I got the aptitude test in for it and I said I might as well do it and then the interview came along
0: and it and all snowballed together
1: yeah everything just kind of fell into place really so I but I'm very happy with what I chose to go down at happy out at the moment, so I don't have to play things by year, I suppose.
0: What did they say? If you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life.
1: Yeah. What are your plans for the future?
0: Um. I suppose for 2022 anyway, my big plans are to either get a new wheelchair and be able to drive it with my hand, or even by the end of the year, to be able to push a push wheelchair. Um. And my other one is to do a skydive for charity. And I said I'd do it last year but it just didn't come together with COVID and stuff 'cause the the skydiving place was closed, but I know I know I'm 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 in a bad enough situation, but I suppose if i go for a skydive I couldn't get much worse. But um I might even rein you in for that one.
1: You said, you said that all right. it was a pity they were closed, was not
0: it So I was oh, <laughs> they might yeah. be closed again this year. <laughs> yeah, they might be. But um yeah, no, that's it really, Michael. Um I'd say thanks a Million for, for coming in today doing the interview and I know it's something that the listeners are going to find beneficial and hopefully it opened their eyes to how life can change in the blink of an eye. And um thanks a million for coming in. And, thanks for having me and thanks for everything you do for me and to all the all the support and all the, the things we got up to still messing around uh-huh. so thanks for being Mike no matter thanks for having me now unfortunately this is all we have time for tonight I hope you all had a great Christmas and the man in the red suit was good to you as always if you have any requests suggestions or comments you can get in contact with me directly through my email address ioconnell at until then stay safe and mind yourself you're listening to stand out with Ian O'Connell Wednesday evenings from 8 p.m. here on Radio Kerry.